It was a great play call if it would have worked. That's Pete Carroll talking about the fake field goal attempt at the end of the first half on Monday Night Football against the Falcons. Chris Egan joining us here on the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Paul Sylvie with you. And, you know, Chris, it's really funny to hear all the critics this week. The national media just bashed him for 24 hours after Monday Night Football for not only the fake field goal call, but the red flag and the review of Doug Baldwin's catch and losing a timeout. Um they kicked the field goal uh, instead of faking it. They would have been right in this game and going to overtime. So a lot of critics. But, again, you know, Pete Carroll's proven time and again he does it his way. It's easy to be the backseat coach. Uh, no doubt. The next day. And you've got to give credit to Russell Wilson, the offense, that got this team back into this game. And if the Seahawks fall, don't lose this game by three. Nobody in their right mind is criticizing Pete Carroll. But am I going to sit here on this podcast and say, I like the call? No, I didn't think it was a very good call at all. Obviously, Pete and his staff, they saw something that they thought would work. It didn't. So the fans, it's easy for them to jump on and say, what are you doing? And then the red flag. We're talking about a play in the fourth quarter where Doug Baldwin uh, had a pass thrown to him. When you're watching at home on TV in the in the press box like we were, it was obvious that he didn't make the catch at all. Pete is a very emotional coach. He's looking at Doug Baldwin who's saying, throw the flag, throw the flag. Whether Doug Baldwin was trying to sell the officials on that or his head coach on that, it's hard to say, but Pete went with his player, and he's done this before, Paul. He went with his player. He threw the flag. When you're at home, you're watching, you're going, what is he doing? Why, why did he do that? And you, you look back at it with that timeout of help. You better believe that timeout would have helped. Probably would have gave him one or two more plays on that final stretch uh, to get uh, Blair Walsh a little closer. Unfortunately, Blair Walsh comes up a couple yards short. The Seahawks come up three points short. And in the end, that could be a costly victory, Paul, as, as we're fighting for the playoffs right now. It, it's going to come down to, to one game, possibly. And I think right now, if you're a Seahawk player or fan or whatever, it's all about the NFC West right now, Paul. You've got to find a way to win the NFC West because there are some good teams in the NFC, and I'm not sure the Seahawks are going to grab one of those wild card spots. I don't think, I don't think it's their form, uh, not at this moment, but yeah. of course, the NFC West division is certainly their form. Um, all these people that think the sky is Falling, you know, it's like, no, it's not. No. This Seahawks team is one game behind the first place Rams. They have a game against them coming up in December. The Rams have a brutal schedule coming up. They've got the Eagles at home, the Saints at home. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they got the Saints next week. The Seahawks got the 49ers. So all these bandwagon people are like, oh, it's done. We're over. We're right. next next Sunday. We're going to be tied in first place again. Right, and then you're more going than into, likely. Yeah, and I agree with you. So I mean, I just think that um, this, this it's premature talk about the sky is falling with the Seahawks team. I mean, as long as Russell's Will, Russell Wilson is healthy, they have a chance to win football games. That front seven, say what you want. They held uh, Matt Ryan to about 195 yards yeah. passing. He was under uh, 200 for the first time in a long time. I, I, I mean, you've you got to give the front seven credit. You've got to give that secondary some credit. But, again, they're going up against last year's MVP, and they're going against uh, what I think is the best receiver in the NFL and Julio Jones. Yeah. That's in tall order. And you still had a chance to win this football game in the end despite the questionable calls from the coaches. So, Chris, I, I just think people just need to back off, pump the brakes. This football team is all set up to win the NFC West, which means a home playoff game. And I get it. When you lose Cliff Averill, bad news. You, you lose Richard Sherman, bad news. You lose Cam Chancellor, bad news. But 
Pete Carroll has a way of kind of pumping it up, and we're going to see all these youngsters. I mean, when we look back at that draft, how many young guys did they pick? Defensive backs, well, here you go. Now's your time to step it up. And all these guys, Paul, they are hungry, and they want to get out there. They've had some time now, so we'll start to see them. And, I, and I'm with you. I think this defense, despite giving up all those points, they started to gel a little bit, and they started in that second half. They didn't play bad. And when the game was on the line, they made some big stops oh, against yeah. Atlanta. Oh, that Richardson sack was huge on that last one. And, and you talk about giving up points. I mean, remember, Russell Wilson got sacked, and that was a pick. That was basically a pick six. It was a fumble return for a touchdown. They didn't give that up. And, so, and, and I think the defense, you know, is going to – they're going to start bending a lot. Whether they break, we'll have to see. But the offense is going to have to score points. And that's where I get a little nervous with this team, Paul, as they go down the final stretch and they're going to have to win this division – in, we've been talking about this since week one, is the offensive line and the lack of a run game. I, it's just so frustrating to me that Russell Wilson, I mean, he's having an MVP type of year right now, Paul. 376 rushing yards. The team has 1,042 rushing yards. You take away that 376 from uh, Russell Wilson, 670 rushing yards for all the backs. Carson, Lacey, Rawls, McKissick, Davis. You know what 670 is? Dead last, Paul, in the NFL. Yeah. Ten yards from the Cincinnati Bengals, who are the worst. So I think I'm a little still nervous, and, and I don't know if there's a fix in sight with the O-line in the run game. Well, and I did. I liked how Davis ran. He ran harder, mm -hmm. but he's going to be out again more than likely against the 49ers. Yeah, they're going back to Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy. Thankfully, J.D. McKissick has figured out a way to stay healthy in these games that they need him. But they'll have three backs going against the 49ers, and we'll see who who winds up. You know, getting listen. What do you tell your boy from Michigan, Paul? Hey. You know, you're a healthy scratch, but now you're our guy. Go, yeah. go get him. Yeah, I know, man. You're right. Second second time this season he was a healthy scratch. But, but again, he I think he understands that. He he seems to be – he's just fired up to get a chance to play. So Rawls is going to get a chance against the 49ers. And I'm telling you this, you remember when the 49ers came up here early in the season, they smacked that Seahawks team right in the mouth, and the Hawks barely beat them 12-9, I think it was. Yeah. But um, those, those 49ers hit hard. They're coached well. It's just I don't think Garoppolo is going to play Sunday. In fact, they've already basically said he's they're not going to put him in there against a defense like the Seahawks. They want him to learn a little bit more. Um, so I think this game is a winnable game for sure, but they cannot let the 49ers hang around in this one. No, and, and I think what we have to see is that this this offense is who they are. You know, it's it's almost a, the backyard Russell Wilson, and and you just have to go with that. I think that's that's this team. How many screen plays did we see in this last game against Atlanta? That's something we didn't see. A a lot from Daryl Bevel. So I think Bevel is kind of, uh, if you will, he's starting to dice up the playbook a little bit with Russell Wilson, what Russell Wilson has. We're allowing Russell to throw a little bit more screen plays. I like the uh, screen plays, and, man. and I think they work with this team, uh, utilizing Doug Baldwin, obviously, Paul Richardson, and uh, Tyler Lockett. I think they're just opening up the playbook a little bit. And, you know, for me, who just still thinks that they need to run the ball, I almost need to just maybe I need to sit down and say, you know what, they're not going to run the ball, so let's just throw it. So yeah. I don't know. But it's just part of me, the old school football believes you gotta, you've got to have a little balance in your offense of attack and right now it just continues to not be there with the run game well I was impressed with Mike Davis and I think he took full advantage of his opportunity it's a shame that uh, I don't know what happens with these guys I mean they 
practice all year, but they're not in game shape. And there is a real thing when it comes to game shape. You can practice all you want. Yeah. You can be a workout warrior in the gym and, and stand in front of the mirror and pose all day long. But when you get on the field on Sunday and you're making short cuts, sharp cuts, stops, turns, that's all hitting different muscles and different ligaments in your body and uh, tendons and everything's being stretched and, and stressed. So it's like that's football shape. You've got to get in. And, and Mike Davis did not play enough football games uh, outside of practice, he had no game shape, uh, you know, to, to get him into shape. So there you go. And he and everybody when he went out, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me?" Now you you've got him, you've got Carson, you've got uh, C.J. Procise. But the good news with Davis, it, more than likely, he will be back for the next game after San Francisco. Yeah. So we we can hope for that. I guess my concern is I'm looking at that right side of Fetty. Is it's just I mean, it seems like Russell Wilson is under attack from that right side the entire game, and he knows how to scramble out of. There, but it's going to just a couple big hits and that you know if Russell's out then we're in trouble so well, they've got to figure out and I like the addition of Dwayne Brown I, th- I think he's just getting better and better Paul every game having Dwayne Brown at the left side and, and he was back in the lineup this week I thought he did a pretty good job but that offensive line we've got to find a way to protect on that right side and yeah. Tom Cable and Pete Carroll I'm sure are working on it as we speak that's true. They're never resting, but but keep in mind, Brown went into it as you know with with a bad ankle, and you know he wasn't. I'm I'm telling you, he wasn't 100 percent against the Falcons yet. He did his he did his best, so he'll be stronger next week yeah. on Sunday. And then Luke Jokel's coming back, so would they put Jokel next to Brown? Those are two pretty big bodies on the left side. That boy, if you you know, and Jokel, you know, he's a former number one or first round pick. This guy, if he can just harness what a little bit of yesteryear, Chris, and play that that left side like like they they thought he was going to do when they drafted him. Uh, having Jokel over there with Brown could be a nice and, combination down and, the stretch. And who knows? Maybe, you know, having somebody, maybe being a healthy scratch and seeing somebody from the practice squad move ahead of you, everybody has their own ways of being motivated. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is motivation for Thomas Rawls. Maybe this is like, oh, this is legit. Okay, if I don't get my butt in gear here, you know, so maybe we'll see a different Thomas Rawls come out against San Francisco. You never know. Sometimes it's just those little things that happen, you know, and, and maybe that's the spark he needed. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of guys are on prove-it contracts, and Eddie Lacy's on a prove-it contract. It's a one-year deal. Uh, McDougal was on a prove-it contract. So these guys got one-year deals to prove that they, they're worthy of longer-term deals and some guaranteed money. And I, you know, obviously, you know, Lacy has done nothing uh, to uh, to warrant some kind of new contract from the Seahawks. They've got to do uh, make do with what they have down the stretch. And when we look at their schedule and the Eagles come to CenturyLink, I'm telling you, it is going to be off the hook over there. <laughs> I mean, you they had a rating of 40 or something in the Seattle area for Monday Night Football. That rating for Sunday Night Football Ooh. against the Eagles, prime time on King 5, oh, that's going to be a big number. And then, the, you know, the fifth quarter with Paul Sylvia and the Hall of Famer, Warren Moon. Paul, though, that game could be the battle of the MVPs. I'm beginning on this podcast right now, the Russell Wilson for MVP campaign. I'm getting it going right now. He's having MVP numbers. He's leading this team right now, Paul. Carson Wentz versus Russell Wilson. Winner gets the MVP in my mind. <laughs> Come on, man. The Eagles have one loss, and the, the, the Seahawks have what? They'll be liable. To be, they could be at four or five. You never know what's going to happen. Wentz but, has got a few more help, you know. Uh, on. Listen, you, you've got an MVP goes to, it's, he's got to lead his team 
to a high ground, and and the Eagles are headed to the NFC Championship game the way they're playing right now. Uh, you go with the guy who's getting you there. Russell's a you – know, listen, there was an argument. I'll agree with you. Two weeks ago, sure. there was an argument for Russell Wilson, but he, they've got to figure out a way to if turn If they on. beat the Eagles, Paul, are you willing, oh! to, are you willing to jump on my <laughs> campaign here? You know what's funny? Somebody said, you know who the MVP is, Egan? They said it's Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. yeah. Just look what he's done with not playing. His team stinks. Yeah, so that's yeah. how valuable he is. For his team, yeah, but no, San Francisco. San Francisco's got. You've been down there before. You've watched a lot of games down there in Santa Clara. I just feel like the atmosphere is going to be dead for the 49ers. There's probably going to be more Seahawks fans than the 49er fans down there. I just think, I if the Seahawks go down there and lay an egg, I'll be very surprised. Oh, it'd be disappointing, Chris, if they don't go down there and take care of business. And they've got to. There, you know, I think they'll have some extra motivation after the Monday night game. But remember, this is a 40 49ers organization that has basically come out and said, yeah. We're rebuilding. They sent out a note. I don't know if it was an email or a letter, but to their season ticket holders, and they said, does it matter to you about the the, the in-stadium experience, whether the team wins or loses? And it's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? These guys are paying thousands of dollars for tickets, and you're asking them if they care if the team wins? <laughs> no, I just want to hear good music and watch a great halftime show. <laughs> That's how they do it in California. <laughs> I guess so, man. No, but I don't know. And I'm with you. I think we go back to the beginning of this as we wrap it up, Paul, and I think the big thing coming out of that Atlanta game is that was a game when you looked at the schedule when we were sitting here in the first week of the podcast and we're saying – that was a losable game. That was possibly a game you were going to lose, and we knew that. So for all these Seahawks fans out there that are driving around, listening to this podcast, they're like, I'm done with this team. We're out. Come on. Yeah. It, it's, it's, if you lose to San Francisco, then we have a point. But this was a very good Falcons team that's starting to find themselves, starting to get in a groove. Sark's trying to finally punching the right things with that offense. They did it against the Dallas Cowboys. They look really good. They came out against the Seahawks on Monday night, and they played good. So this is a good Falcons team that we just lost to. It's not the end of the world. You're only one game back in the division. You still host the Rams. You win that game, and we're even. We win the tiebreaker there. So all you have to do is win the NFC West, and you're hosting a playoff spot. So Seahawks fans, settle down. Yeah, and remember, this was the first game ever Without Cam and Richard in the lineup, both yeah. you know, with both of those guys out, this and so give the secondary a little bit of a break, man. They're playing together in that that kind of, and they lost Shaq Griffin in the first quarter to a concussion. Now you've lost three of the four yeah. uh, starting uh, uh, starting DBs. So Earl Thomas is all you had back there, and uh, let these guys play together for a couple of games before you make any rash judgments. But uh, and back off, Pete Carroll, man. I mean, the guy took a shot on Monday night. It didn't work <laughs> out. So what? Look what he's brought to this team in this town. He's won 11 straight going to that game on Monday night, and everybody acted like he was like 0-13 yeah. after that call. I mean, made- it was, I mean, Paul, I still I think it was a bad call, but he's made so many good ones over the years, too, that nobody yeah. really takes time to talk about those. Yeah, so. well, all right. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week.